0: It mm-hmm. immediately spits
1: and faces you. I keep yelling at it to give more, a little bit more time and kind of take a shot at it as well. we go. Okay. So that's a 15.
0: A 15 does not hit. So you, you kind of go out and you pound on your chest a little bit and you, you lay at this thing and scream to get its attention and it turns and you bring up your bow almost instantaneously afterwards and get an arrow into the air but it, it whiffs just a little bit past the left of its face and that will bring us to Falk. Please give me a death, a death saving throw. All
2: right. This is um,
0: a one. A one? A one. Falk, you're dead. Fuck. Holy Lord. Uh, Tom, it's your turn. uh, Alright. Um... uh,
3: I just don't really have an, a way of knowing that he died.
0: Uh, no, you definitely don't. And I would think that your only option is to shoot at it more. That's
3: 16. 16 plus 3 plus 3
0: turns into eight Oh, yeah. Plus 1. 9 damage. 9 damage. Why don't you uh, go ahead and describe to me uh, how this thing dies? Oh, shit. Uh... <laughs> the uh, the the monster
3: grabs at its vital and starts writhing around in paint and then it topples over backwards and completely smashes the, uh,
0: the postal office. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, Falk, your uh, your dead corpse is somewhere in that debris. Then. Uh, that uh, actually. We're going to call it there, and we'll see if Falk lives or dies next time on Fillmore's Crossing.
4: Okay, so I am next to uh, the Fallen Falk, right? I'm kind of in that area.
0: You're, you're, you're nearer to the Crossing House than you are to the Telegraph Office, but I would say that you're within 30 feet of all of that rubble and stuff, so w- as a move action, you could absolutely get there.
4: Okay, so I want to go do a medicine check to see if there's anything I can possibly do to help him. Because I'm not sure if he's dead or not, right?
0: So, why don't you make me a perception check first and foremost so that you can try and spot Falk among all of this Debris and stuff? Because if we're still in initiative, this just happened.
4: Right. I, I like it, Debris. It's a but- thing. <laughs> um, I'm going to name a character that... Uh, anyway, 17 plus 7, so 24.
0: So you can actually see the magic of his uh battery that he carries on his back kind of okay. pulsating and glowing among the rubble. So yeah, you can spot him. He's he's sort of buried under uh under some like uh timber and stuff like not to the point where you can't access him, but he's definitely under some stuff.
4: Okay. I would like to see if, do I, do I need to move anything to to check for his head head damage or If he's still breathing or whatever.
0: Um, yeah, I would say that you're going to need to to kind of clear some some of this stuff off, but it's not very heavy, so you could probably just spend the rest of this uh, this turn doing that.
4: Okay, and say
0: whatever you want to say.
4: Guys, I I found Falk. He's he he doesn't look good. Can, Can anybody anybody?
0: And then Igmit you're next.
1: Um, how far away am I from Alvari?
0: Um, I would say a solid 50 feet.
1: Uh, but I could hear her.
0: Oh, absolutely. Can,
1: can you help him?
4: I, I gotta get the stuff off of him first. I'll, I'll see what I can do.
1: Can I, uh, use my action to run as far towards, towards them as I can?
0: You can get all the way there if you uh, if you dash. All right, I'll do that. And I'll let you try. And I'll let you help Olivari with your bonus action to clear away the rubble and stuff. So. Uh, okay. Yes. And then uh. Boris is is next, and he uh, he turns and he immediately looks at you, Tom, and you're standing in the doorway of the of Portnoy's uh, gunsmithing shop, or maybe out on the porch. I'm not a hundred percent. But in that general vicinity, and he goes, "Oi, oi, Tom! I, I think he needs you. You, you, you gotta hurry!" And it is your turn, Tom. What are you doing? So I uh, lower my my rifle and I
3: pull out my hand my new magic handguns, and I'm just gonna dash over, use all my dash actions and everything. I also want to confirm the kill.
0: <laughs> okay, so you. I mean it it's like I said uh, before it seems like everything is starting to wither away and blow in the in the wind like it hasn't like there's still a giant mound where the where the colossus fell but you can definitely see that flakes are starting to come off of these uh, zombies and fly into the wind and stuff like you you feel pretty you feel pretty uh, safe to say that things are all right at least for the time being and so you make it basically to the well, and you're still a pretty uh you're still a pretty good clip away i would say right. at least another seventy feet and so then that brings us to uh olivari
4: do 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 medicine is not my thing
0: that, that is
4: a, a nine
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty confident that you think he's, you think he's dead. You can't find any sign of vitals and you don't know if it's because your failings or because he's dead, but he, you, you just look at, you assess the wounds. You've been in enough combat at this point in your life that he doesn't look good. You know, his body is twisted in different ways. And like, he just has bruises all over his face. And one half of it is, is twice the size that it should be. But He makes no noise or anything when you turn him over. Like, you don't even hear the sound of air escaping from his lungs. I mean, things look really bad. Lord.
4: Uh, I I think it's too late. I I can't do anything for him.
1: No, nonsense. They got all kinds of magical bullshit. Uh, let's, let's, Let's wait for Tom.
4: Well, maybe Tom's got something better than I do, but I can't help him
1: anymore. God damn it. Don't you mean Ernie, <laughs> damn it? I do not subscribe to this monotheism that the Imperial folk <laughs> has thrown upon us. All right. I believe in the great desert spirit. I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> but now is not the time to discuss theology. I have a uh, good
4: friend here. Oh, uh, all right. I assume it's the next person's turn.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, that, I, I guess, uh, Igma, unless you want to say something else, I'm just going to pass you to Tom. No, no, no. I'm
1: uh, okay. Here's the deal, Tim. Here's the thing. All right. I refuse to let this shit show get any worse. So <laughs> if I can, uh, can I make a strength check? And if I, if I make it, can I pick up Falk and um,
0: uh, begin carrying him? Roll it. That's uh, 28. Okay, so, for the second time in this campaign, you scoop one of your friends, and you start to hear, love lift us up where we belong, Hell yeah. and you start sprinting towards Tom with Falk in your arms, his head just bobbing, and his arms fla- flopping and flailing at his side in just these grotesque angles as you charge towards Tom, and... Tom, after this, uh you could get to him in in your turn, uh with just your your basic move action. Sherry it's a out? what the fuck uh, <laughs>
4: no one told me it was 80s music night.
3: <laughs> as I'm running towards Igmit, we're almost we're almost uh to each other and I I trip and one of my magic guns goes flying <laughs> Are you fucking retarded And then I I kind of just kneel down on the ground after as I as I try to recover and I say set him down here as if it was on purpose <laughs>
1: You need to do whatever the hell your magical god bullshit can do. Now. Let me see him. Set
3: him down here. Alright, I set him down. I do a couple quick checks. It's obvious that he's dead. And, uh... Without even hesitation, I cast Revivify. What does that look like? Uh, I put my hand on his chest and... It takes just a second, and suddenly a, a kind of a blue, uh, kind of a blue slow lightning aura goes out from my fingertips into his body, and uh, the creature returns to life with one hit point as long as it's within
0: a minute of time. It's within a minute of time, and all of a sudden, Falk's broken form just. <clears throat>
2: Hey, I'm here, um, everybody. <laughs> 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 my eyes uh, instantly, like, widen and go, um, you know, dart as wide as they could possibly be. And I, I look over at Tom and, um, thank God you're alive. <laughs> uh, all of you. Oh, my God. I thought you were goners.
3: More importantly, the zombie monster is a goner.
2: what! <sighs> How'd you do it? And what what happened? What? How'd I get over here?
3: I just hold up the magic pistol that I have, the one left in my hand, and I kind of give a
2: toothy grin. Well, that sure sp- explains a lot.
4: I'm going to walk over and be like, Well, damn, you got some good magic there, boy.
3: I just nod and then I say, um, How are you feeling? Can you stand?
0: Uh, I don't know. Can I? <laughs> Let me roll for it, I guess. <laughs> no, you 100% cannot. Like your, oh, okay. your arms are barely working. Like your face is barely working. Like I would say at this point, it's hard for you to speak. Like it hurts for you to speak. All right, So
2: that initial adrenaline that happened from when the, the revivification <laughs> happened kind of wears off and my excitement goes to uh... <laughs> also like when all that stuff happened, like these um, sort of uh, like silvery gray hair streaks happened in, on the sides of my head, kind of like uh, Doctor Strange now.
3: More like rogue.
0: <laughs>
2: <Ooh>.
3: <laughs> I thought Wesley was She's the rogue. My- okay, we are we are out of initiative, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um...
4: Uh, do, uh, does he need some more healing? I I can help with that part.
2: Uh, please feel free.
4: Okay, so I will go ahead and cast some cure wounds, and we'll do that at level three because he's. Definitely needing your eighteen points of healing.
2: Oh wow! So <laughs> I- I'm guessing that that makes me kind of like inflate like a balloon to normal size. <laughs> like, yeah. So your
0: your uh your legs and arms are usable again. The side of your face still looks like uh, Rocky after his first fight with Apollo Creed. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but. But other than that, like, you're, you're at least able to get up and, and, you know, speak to them and stuff. And and weirdly enough, though, uh, Igmit, you don't remember grabbing any of uh, Falk's stuff or his, or his weapons or anything like that. But it's all on your body at this point, Falk. All right. Like, resting in your uh, pistol belt and, like, strapped across your back next to your battery.
1: Igmet's gonna step back, um, take the scattergun off his um, back, and uh, just look around, um, see if there are any other potential threats. Um, maybe I can make a perception check. Please do. Oh, that's only a nine.
0: You're you're looking around, and you can see that uh, that Patrick Portnoy is—he's sitting, standing out on his porch, sort of staring at you guys, <laughs> hard-eyed. <laughs> And, um, back, back behind you, um, in the cross on, like on the crossing house porch, like all of the miners that were drinking in there and Polly Jorgensen and, uh, her daughters, uh, all but Prentice who is probably upstairs sleeping, you would guess, or hiding somewhere. But they're, uh, they're all kind of on the porch, just like watching this whole thing. And everybody, on everybody on the crossing house porch, when you look over and you kind of make eye contact with them they all kind of like tip their hats except for the ladies who aren't wearing any um but everybody <gasps> else curtsy? uh no they definitely <laughs> do not they're they're not curtsy and sort of women
1: can i can i say something um sure i i look over at the crossing house and i just wave my hand and i say howdy andrea Oh my gosh. And um, just go back. Go about my business again.
2: Why are you going to hate on that, Brian?
3: Because he was the one that told you in a previous episode we ain't got time for women. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, now we're out of initiative. Oh, we got shit. plenty of time. No, brother,
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up. <laughs> we survived that. We've got time. I'm gonna get up and dust off and go, and pick up the magic gun I dropped and give kind of a half glance towards Portnoy, but not actually look at him. Is the gun okay?
2: Yes. And so, after the like sort of excitement of you know getting revived and everything wears off, like instantly Falk's face sort of changes to a lot more serious and um he begins to start to kind of like pace around but like you know limping and everything and then looking at all the damage that had happened noticing the, the uh you know telegraph office for one and um hmm. and he's just constantly like kind of um muttering to himself and then he like kind of turns back around and um for one he, he goes up to Utah and um then just kind of, you know, gives you like a, a hug and thanks, buddy. No problem. Oh, that that was oh. that was pretty crazy. Got it. Got to admit. Um, and then he like kind of lets go of Tom and uh, he walks. You over try the to course. hug
1: me, I'll Our knock course. your head off.
2: <laughs> no, no. He he walks. Uh, no, he like has that moment where he's about to, and then like kind of shakes his head and, and realizes that would be a bad thing. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be dead twice in one day, um, but he, he does walk over to um, to Boris and um, he's like, uh, "Hey, man, thanks for for helping save the town. Um, I gotta ask you, man, like that that favor I asked you for earlier. It would really mean a lot to me if I could have that gauntlet." He uh, he looks at you and
0: and he says. Uh, yeah all, all right and he takes it off of his hand and says i mean you might well might as well take both of them because we are used to i have for one <laughs> and he hands you both of them who is wearing his okay. armor <laughs> <laughs> no he was Hi. just wearing the gauntlets what? <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird dude
2: <laughs> Like I assumed, he probably just had him packed in his horse or whatever, but that's that's <laughs> fine. I can roll with that. So I do take the gauntlets and I kind of stuff them in a um, in a little side saddle of uh, Donnie's, and then I, I grab Donnie's um, uh, reins, I also grab the the reins of um, Tom's horse, and I like slowly start like limping and, and leading them over to um, to the the gun shop, Portnoy's uh, gun shop, and. Um, once I, I get over there, uh, let me. Can I see all the damage from from out where I am? Like kind of. Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's readily apparent. Um, Mister Portnoy, um, I'm sorry for what my partner kind of did to your your property there, and um, you know I'm glad that you inevitably let him, you know, kind of save the town and all that, but um. I I want to make it up to you. Um, And I open the saddlebag with the the gold on Donnie and then walk over to Tom's horse and open the saddlebag with the other half of the gold on on there. I'm like, I think that ought to cover the damages. He uh,
0: walks over and looks in the one saddlebag and goes over and looks in the other one and he goes, I think it will. You're right.
2: Can I ask you one more favor, though? What is it? Would you mind if I used your shop for a little bit? Sort of rented the workbench. Uh, I got something that that I need to make that'll help us out with all this stuff going on here. And um, I I reach into my coat and I um, fiddle out like a a little notebook and stuff and kind of flip through the pages to a certain one and I hand it to him and it's uh, a sort of list of um, sort of schematics and stuff of uh, what I want to make
0: he looks it over quick and he says you'll find everything you need in the back there and I'll uh, I'll call whatever you take even with the, the amount of gold you're giving me but I do want the fucking guns back I'll tell you what
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I'll, I'll get those back for you
1: uh Igment walks over um to Tom and he and he just kinda whispers like, you know, we could kill this bastard and no one would be wiser. Just say he's a casualty.
0: Except for all of the people on the crossing house porch that are staring at you. As he say that as he, as he says that I, I my eyebrows
3: raise up and I take my glasses off and just kind of look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I clean them and I put them back on my eyes and I say, I need to go check on the graveyard. And I make my way towards Dusty's place. All right. What are you doing, Alivari?
4: I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Um, Is is Tom still just hanging out?
0: Tom is heading off towards the graveyard. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Falk. Is he? off? Uh, Yeah, Falk is just hanging out talking to uh, Patrick. Do you maybe want to do something before you just run off again, Tom? It's Tom. I know. Do you maybe want to do something before you run off again?
2: If I could change, you could
3: change. (laughs) No, I'm walking. I I just saw the zombies. I'm walking to the graveyard.
4: So at this point, Alavari's is just standing there like. What am I?
3: I definitely don't acknowledge the demon woman.
0: Oh. (laughs) So, as soon as you turn and start marching in a different direction, Tom, you hear, "Where the fuck do you think you're going with my stuff?" I'm not done with them yet. We made a fucking agreement. (laughs) You are fucking done. You're gonna bring them back right now. (laughs) Tell your fucking partner that he's bringing the shit back, or you're not using fucking fuck all. And I'm taking all the gold!
2: I cast Message to Tom. I'm like, come on, dude. Uh, bring his property back, please. I I really need to to use his uh, workbench there.
3: I stop and... I stop and let out a very visible sigh, and then I just turn and walk back to the gunsmith.
1: Oh, what, what the hell you give him all the gold for? My hell! Half of that was mine. Well, at least a third of that was mine, and you giving it to that bastard, racist some bitch.
2: <laughs> What's that for? Uh, I guess I turn around and, and walk towards, uh, limp towards Igmit very um, slowly. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what I'm gonna be doing with this? It's gonna make it so that none of us, I'll be able to fuck some shit up, right? And, like, I don't see any of us dropping again.
1: This was never in the contract. They never said nothing about zombie monsters. And I want a raise.
2: (laughs) Done. Y'all had
4: a contract?
1: (laughs) Well, I was supposed to keep these yahoos alive.
4: Well, I guess you kind of did your job then. (laughs) What exactly is your arrangement?
1: Uh, I guide them wherever they want to go, and I'm a hired gun.
4: So, you don't give two fucks about them, is what I hear, other than the money.
1: Uh, I mean, they're better than some of the trash around here. (laughs) Thanks, Um, buddy. Well, that's fair. (laughs) They're decent for humans.
4: (laughs) Well, that's decent praise, I guess. Uh, but... So you know about this, uh, this asshole with the guns, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. He he don't care for orcs.
4: I'm surprised he's still alive. He was a uh, pain in my ass last time I came through here.
1: Uh, you want to help me kill him?
4: <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't be talking about that out in public, especially with uh, that one. And I'm gonna like motion my head towards Tom. Oh my gosh!
3: He
4: he doesn't seem to take kindly to to our kind. They
1: never let me have any fun.
4: Well, I'm going to switch and cast message to Igmid. Be like maybe later when everyone else is asleep.
1: Right, I just said, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
2: you sound and like she just I'll- asked you to go to the tractor pull or something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have tractors, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, Alavari then will, I guess, just walk back to the crossing house. I've got nothing left to do with these guys. Hey, Igma, you wanna come with me?
0: Uh, yeah. I'll I'll come with you. So you guys, uh, both walk up to the crossing house, and Polly actually, like, rushes in ahead of you guys, and, uh, before you even have a chance to sit down, she's already got, uh, She's already got shots of whiskey poured um, for way more people than you're pretty sure that you saw on the porch. And you're kind of impressed with how quickly she got all of these drinks lined up. And she goes, drinks is on the house tonight. We, we're going to party until you guys don't want to party no more. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll keep them coming as long as there's liquor. And uh,
4: all right. This is the kind of party I like.
0: Yeah, she starts uh, handing out shots to everybody. And the miners are the happiest that they've ever been. You know, free booze. And uh, I will, unless you guys want to talk a little bit, I'm going to go and cut over to Falk.
4: I think we're just going to have fun having shots. I will probably get up and play something at some point. <laughs> unless, the, okay. unless the guitar player is around.
0: Um, you do not see him
4: anywhere around, no? So I'm going to take two shots and then I am going to go start my fiddle. All right. Why don't you give me a performance check? That is a uh, 25.
0: Um, oh, yeah. So you immediately get this place just rocking. Um, everybody seems to be kind of having a good time and and dancing around. And, uh, and Andrea even uh, comes and pulls you out, Igmet, and you guys dance around for a little bit until, uh, until you guys get tired, but, I mean, I'm going to assume that this is what you guys are doing for at least the next 30 minutes, correct? Yes. Yes. All right, dope. Yeah, you guys are having a great time, the miners are happy, um, actually, after a little while, um, some more of the townsfolk come in and, uh, like, uh, you would recommend you would recognize uh tathleel the elven boy who uh belonged to jethro and the widow gottfried um and uh and lucius uh fillmore he comes in and and they all seem a little bit shaken up at first when they come in but as soon as they get a couple of drinks in them you know they they start bobbing their heads to the music and before long they can't help but start to join in and and so, you know, it definitely seems like things are at least like people are trying to pretend like things are okay. And uh so Tom, are you heading back to give the weapons back or are you ignoring Falk?
3: I I, I just marched straight into the place. Is uh and handed him all his stuff back. Well is he in is he in is he in visual range of me right now?
0: I, yeah, if you if you turned around pretty much immediately, the entire thing would have happened within visual range.
3: I mean, while I'm in his place, in his store.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Brian.
2: I don't even know if he would have let you back into his store. He probably just would have told you to give him his shit outside.
3: I gotta go in. My stuff's in there. I... uh Every single belt buckle I undo and every weapon that drops, I'm standing there glaring at him, and then I just grab my stuff in a bundle and I just march out.
0: And fuck
2: off, too! <laughs> you fucking lanky bald bastard, yeah. It's like the walk of shame after a college hookup.
0: <laughs> I hope you get a crotch itch, You fucking bastard. Like, like Patrick is heated. Like you can, you can see all of the bu- the veins in his forehead and he has incredibly wrinkled skin and it's very papery, but they're just bulging. The veins on his neck are bulging. Like this dude is incredibly
3: pissed off. But uh, as I, as I'm walking away, I say, set a better trap next time.
0: Oh, you best fucking believe I will. It's gonna be the biggest goddamn trap this side of fucking... Holy... Shit. And he like, takes a few deep breaths and he looks at you, Falk, and he says, You're real lucky that that's
2: a lot of gold. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I mean, from looking at things, that, that was a pretty pretty decent trap there. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of help him pick up some of the stuff before i go back to the workshop and um you know anytime that i'm not like speaking to him about like sort of just idle chit chat i've uh you know kind of looked, stared off into the distance and have been like you know muttering sort of random things and everything like that and, so
0: as you're kind of helping him clean up and stuff he he eventually gets uh, pretty satisfied with how tidy the place is and he comes into the back with you when you begin your work and he opens up the satchel with the whole bars of gold and he just kind of inspects them for a little while and he goes now where did you say you got these from?
2: Ah, you know that that guy we wrangled up out of town like their whole gang attacked us and we were able to to capture one of them he's over in the jail cell over there they had a few bags of this gold and and yeah I mean they were going to do a lot worse with it than I'm sure you would and uh, yeah figured it's better and safer in your hands than in any of those criminals
0: I mean we ain't seen consortium activity in Fillmore's Crossing in at least 25 years It should be fine. They probably don't exist anymore, anyway. And he goes back to just fiddling with some
2: stuff. Okay, I was about to ask him, like, uh, you know, what is that, like a bank or something? But after he turns around, I kind of, you know, just go back to what I was doing and kind of drop the question. And, uh, and so, yeah, like, I I head back there and I start, like, sort of going through my, uh, my schematics and everything and um basically the first thing i do is take out that that one uh left-handed glove or you know gauntlet Uh, i do uh, i did still hold on to um some of the gold and i take it to the uh crucible and melt it all down and the first thing i do is put a layer of gold over over that gauntlet and then um after that i i melt down a, a piece of the adamantine pick and lay it out into sort of um thin flat strips I eventually um, sort of make little, uh, I guess, sort of receptacles for the, the acid that I had gotten and kind of um, put those adamantine strips into the acid. And then the copper wire goes from, the, from those strips to like the fingers of the gloves. And then also to these like uh, sort of round receptacles that I made for the uh, kind of around the knuckles and everything and one part in the, the center of the glove. Also, cut out a, a few pieces of the um, the purple dragon scale and um, lay those into those sockets too. And then, um, on top of all that, I set a gemstone, some quartz, in each of those things.
0: Okay, so I need you to roll me. So we're gonna do first and foremost, roll me two D eight. Two D eight. All right. Seven
2: uh five
0: okay so that's your baseline amount of time for how long this is going to take you right and we'll check back um with uh with just some i'm not 100% what you should roll for building yet but basically you can shorten it or it's just gonna take you 12 hours
2: yeah i'll take the the full 12 hours and he's determined uh yep
0: cool so yeah, that's gonna be what you're doing for the next little bit. And I'll just check back in with you periodically and see if you want to talk to Patrick or something like that while you're working. And uh So, Tom, you are headed towards the the edge of the city, towards the cemetery. Correct? Mm-hmm. Um So as you get closer, you can you can see that uh like already that there is there is a lot of damage to to the the cemetery in general. Like you can see that some of the headstones have been kind of pushed over to the side and and stuff like that. And you can you can see even at this distance that that it looks like like something was forcing its way obviously the zombie out of the dirt and in the majority of the graves and one of the things that you do see is that mausoleum, and it looks undisturbed. But other than that mausoleum that's in the center, you know, the one that uh, says Fillmore over the top of it, all the other grave sites uh, look like they've been exhumed at this point. And you look around and you do not see Dusty on his porch like normal.
3: On my way over, I, I buckled up, and and so I draw my, my
0: revolver, and I head into his uh, little house there. Cautiously. Um, so, how do you want to open up the door? Like, just slowly kind of a thing?
3: Are there windows I can peer through first? Yeah.
0: I'd like to do that. Make me a perception check. <laughs> Six. All right, perfect. You don't think there's anybody in there. (laughs) I'm creaking open the door. All right. You again don't think you see anybody in there. Do you want to walk inside?
3: Yeah, I'll say uh, Dusty, and I'll fling the door open and take a step in.
0: Does a 15 hit your armor class? (laughs) 18 armor class. Okay, so, you catch a frying pan, like, directly in the chest, and it kinda BOOM! Against, uh, against your chain mail, and it doesn't feel good, but it doesn't really hurt either, and you look dead in the eyes, and you can see Dusty's wild eyes and his hair just jutting everywhere, and he's not wearing his hat, and he goes, oh, 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 I'm real sorry, sir! Woo-hoo, you ain't a zombie, is you?
3: <laughs> I do that thing where I put my hands in the air and my my, my gun is open-palmed, you know, how, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, and you kind of let it hang down as though, like, yeah. hey, I'm not gonna, yeah, 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 oh, oh, good to see you, Tom, I think I should've, <laughs> should've put myself in that coffin, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, you what boy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dusty, tell me what happened tonight.
0: Let me go put a can of beans on and I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. Fucking. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> he walks over um he walks over to the shelf and he uh takes out his his knife and he kind of saws open this can of beans and he sets it onto uh his wood stove and he goes oh well uh these we're just gonna have to eat them cold because i i put out the fire because you know all them all them zombies and shit because oh. okay so you want to know what happened well so i was sitting here and i was eating some beans and i was drinking some shine and well, then I started hearing this moaning outside, and I thought that maybe it was some teenagers, you know, getting busy in the cemetery. That little bit dangerous, <laughs> tell you what? That's something. Uh, but it worked. No, I tell you, it was not teenagers. Instead, it was it was the souls that I had buried once, and they are crawling themselves. Oh, Lord, oh, Ernie in heaven, just just crawling themselves out of this, out of their graves. And then they came for me. And so I put out the fire, just doused it right quick. And then I I put the put put the door closed and got my trusted frying pan. And I was ready for battle. I'll tell you what time I was ready. but They didn't come. They must have been focused on something else. I don't know.
3: (laughs) Beans may have to wait. I step outside, and I don't want to use my spells a lot, so I'm just going to visually take a look at one of the open graves. Give me an investigation check, please.
0: That's better. 24. Um, so you're looking, and it definitely looks as though something broke its way out and then started to claw its way up. Like You can see that there are pieces of... Of flesh like desiccated rotted flesh that is just embedded in the soil and stuff and you're kind of like bending over and peering inside of uh, one of these grave sites and uh, Dusty uh, comes up and he goes I don't want to sound callous or nothing but you think anybody died up there cause uh, I'm a little short on money and the beans are running out
3: (laughs) there was at least one but we won't be needing a coffin
0: Why? You ain't going to cremate him, is you? Cremation (laughs) is going to ruin the soul and there ain't no way for him to get to the afterlife if you cremate him. I'll tell you what. I hold my hand up and I say,
3: I brought him back to life.
0: Wait, you can do that?
3: (laughs) How easy is it to open that mausoleum?
0: How easy is it for you to kill me and bring me back to life? That sounds kind of fun. I'm going to make my way towards the mausoleum. (laughs) He kind of follows you and he's like... I mean, I'll have to go get the keys right quick, but I mean, I guess... I, wait, why you want to go in there? We ain't grave robbing, because if we're going to grave rob, we got to figure out the split. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Good old Dusty Barnes.
3: <laughs> Dusty, please go get your keys.
0: All right, going to need any burlap sacks while we're at it or not?
3: No, no burlap sacks.
0: Right. You're going to okay, get in I there understand. and
2: you're really going to wish you had brought those burlap sacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just a shitload of bees on the loose in the mausoleum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Dusty sprints off and... He's gone for a while. Like you would say a solid 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden you see the door bursts open again and he starts sprinting towards you and he goes, here, I, I finally found him. I found my keys. Uh, I'm a, I might've stopped and had a snack, but it's okay. I got the keys. And then he also produces a jug from his belt and he goes, I also brought Sean. Should we take a <laughs> shot?
3: I just reach out and grab it and take a, sh- a swig and, and then I motion towards the door.
0: Hold on, I'm gonna need a real big one if we're opening that some bitch. <laughs> 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 and he takes a he takes a large swig of the moonshine, and you can actually see that he's taking multiple gulps of it. Like bubbles are are going back into the bottle as he's chugging it down, and he kind of brings it back and goes, Woo-hoo-hoo! oh Lord! <laughs> Alright. Um,
2: and he So is uh, he is he doing that thing where he like uh has the one finger in the one little hole there, but he cradles the rest <laughs> of the bottle in the pocket of the wrist? And like, you know, kind of Any up. other
0: way to drink shine?
2: <laughs> nice. I'd assume when Tom did it he just held it like a giant baby bottle.
0: Oh absolutely.
3: Two handed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he, he wanders over and he's still got the shine slung in that, uh, in that fashion where it's kind of resting on his wrist and he unlocks the door and uh, he like hugs it close like it's his child for a second and he pushes the door open and backs away. Roll me a perception check please Tom 22 you kind of peer inside and it definitely smells musty in there but it doesn't smell bad just stale. but you can you can see that there is something moving in the corner like there's there's just a mass of writhing something just kind of moaning and groaning in the corner of this uh, of this mausoleum. I take the rock out of my pocket and I cast light on it and I hold it up into the
3: in just inside the doorway.
0: You hold it up and you can see that there are, Probably a dozen zombies, sort of huddled in the corner, and as soon as the light shines on them, they all sort of turn and hiss at you and start sprinting towards the door.
3: I'm gonna try to close it in time.
0: All right. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you roll me in initiative, and we'll see what happens. Never mind. Don't bother that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're man, good. That was worrisome. You. You slam it shut, and uh, Dusty Dusty like watches you lock the door back up and hand him back the key, and uh, he says, "Did it stink?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man, okay. I'm just gonna nod, give him a pat on the shoulder, and I start walking back towards the uh, towards the crossing. Wait, house, you're and seriously
0: I, not gonna warn this man about not going back into the mausoleum?
3: As I'm walking monster. away, I say, "Don't open that door again."
0: All right, well, I hope no more Fillmore's die anytime soon because, you know, they're quite partial to that burial plot seeing as they pay for it and put it there. But maybe I'll make him open it. That'd be pretty funny, don't you think?
3: (laughs) I smile as I'm walking away.
0: You sure you don't want no more Shiner Beans?
3: I raise my hand.
0: What? What does that mean? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I'm All fine, right. Dusty. Well, you, you, you have a good day, Tom. I'll see you when you come back out here, though. Please don't be a stranger. We can play Krippage. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Olivari and Igbert, now that we are done with my favorite NPC in this entire campaign.
3: <laughs> All right.
4: Um, Is it because you feel like you are him? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dusty Demuse,
1: we call him <laughs> Has it been 30 minutes or so?
0: I'd say uh, so, yeah
1: Alright, well, um, Igmit's Igment's tired of dancing He had fun, but um, He's gonna um, try and quietly Slip out the
0: back If he can Alright, uh, roll me a stealth check
1: That's a twenty-seven.
0: Olivari, you can roll to a pose if you want to try and spot him sneaking out, but good luck, homie. <laughs> That's a twenty-four. Nope. So no, I don't. <laughs> you're kind of scanning the room while you're playing your uh while you're playing your fiddle, and you definitely cannot spot Igmit. But you assume maybe he went to the outhouse or he might have gotten tired or something, but you definitely don't know where he is. Where are you going, Igmet? You are outside of the crossing house now.
1: Alright, um, I'm gonna grab some rope off uh, off a saddle somewhere. And um can I can I just walk out of town?
0: Which which direction are you walking?
1: Um the opposite way from the salt flats. So I, I wanna walk into some high brush.
0: So you wanna go I mean, realistically, the salt flats were, like, to the northwest of town. So, I okay. mean, if you... Uh, or northeast, I'm sorry. It would have been northeast. So, you could go basically anywhere west and be... Uh, I'll, um... I'll go southwest. Why don't you make me a perception check while you're, uh... Kind of making your way through this brush and stuff.
1: All right, so, that's a
0: 12. Um... Oh shit you actually so as you're kind of making your way, um you look you look over maybe a hundred feet to to like the north of you almost um not quite due north, but just a little ways, and you think you see a high elf in in what appears to be like like wolf hide. Oh, but he doesn't appear to have noticed you. And he doesn't really appear to be doing anything other than just watching. Um, you do see that there is a longbow strung across his back and a quiver and he's got his hair sort of, uh, sort of, uh, in this like long singular braid going down his back. And, uh, it's it's very, you can tell that uh, that it's not completely black, but it's hard to kind of make it out uh, at this distance, this late at night.
1: I'm just going to look at him and um, I'm going to put my finger up to my mouth, you know, the, the be quiet, you know, sign. And uh just keep going on my way. What, what sort of check would I have to make to try and find a pronghorn? Animal.
0: why don't you make me a survival check to uh try and find signs of uh that's a twenty four so you actually very quickly managed to pick up the trail of uh of a four legged hoofed animal um about the size of a pronghorn you obviously cannot be a hundred percent sure that that's what this is but mm-hmm. uh you're pretty positive and so you start to you start to track it for a little ways and and after a minute, the wind shifts into your direction, so it's into your face now. Um, whereas okay. before it was kind of blowing north, now it's blowing east. And so like directly into your face. And as as a seasoned pronghorn hunter, you know that these animals like to run into the wind and so this actually is probably not um not the worst thing that could have happened but it's definitely Mm -hmm. not the best thing that could have happened like what you're hoping for is you need the wind to um to be blowing away from you again so that way it will hopefully run back towards your direction but right Mm -hmm. now you're probably uh you you would estimate that you're pretty far behind this thing, and maybe your best bet would be to set up some sort of a blind, like a ground blind, so that you could wait.
1: Um, I will do that. Um, I'll uh rip up some brush and and try and manufacture some kind of make me a nature uh,
0: check, please.
1: All right. Oh, that's a nat twenty plus nine, twenty nine.
0: So you actually managed to find a little, like a little crook in a cottonwood tree that already has a bunch of natural brush kind of growing around that area. And so it really just takes a little bit of effort on your part to make it into like this perfect blind. And as a matter of fact, this spot is so perfect that when you sit into this crook, it actually kind of cradles you back a little bit. And I mean, it's a... It's a mighty fine spot And I'm gonna actually Cut back to Olivari For a minute
4: (laughs) (laughs) Getting it freaky With the brush Wow
3: That's (laughs) You could've just Gone to the graveyard The teenagers do it All the time (laughs) Apparently
0: (laughs)
4: Um Okay So who is currently In the bar
0: Area So Polly Jorgensen Is still uh, Serving up drinks Uh, Her daughter Andrea And uh Sylvia are both um, they're also kind of you know serving drinks to the miners and to you and and to the other people that are in the crossing house Um, like I said Lucius, uh, Fillmore showed up, I think that you would know him, Uh, he didn't run the general store the last time that you were here but I mean he's got a prominent enough last name that and then Tathleel, I mean he's the only elf in town So I think that you would definitely know him.
4: Taflil?
0: He works at the general store uh, with the widow Gottfried. They're his adopted.
2: She's his adopted mother. There's two general stores, by the way. Right, 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 right,
4: So Tom's not back yet, and Falk is also not back yet.
0: I would guesstimate that that Tom is probably going to walk in the door soon if he's heading towards the crossing house. Mm-hmm.
4: And Falk is... Are you is... heading towards the
0: crossing house? I am. Falk is uh, going to be building for the next 12 hours, so... 12 hours. Okie doke.
4: So, I kind of overheard that he is definitely going to be at that place for a while, so I'm not going to worry about him. Um, Tom, however, if he comes in and I am still playing. Uh he'll have to make a wisdom save for me.
0: Okay, I um I'd say that yeah you're still playing when he walks in. I I don't think that you would have slowed down in the time that it took him to walk back. So yeah okay. Tom, please give us a will save
3: seventeen.
4: Oh damn okay you beat I have my really high wisdom. <laughs> yeah you beat my fifteen So, nothing happens, you don't notice anything, but over a minute uh, while you were there, you maybe kind of felt like you liked me a little bit, and then, like, you shook off.
3: (laughs) I I absolutely shook it off. I'm getting enthralled by a demon lady.
4: (laughs) Well, it's just music, you know? Sometimes you like a song. Who knows? Right? (laughs) So uh, after I see him walk in and I, I act like I didn't see him and I'm just going to to use that as I am attempting to enthrall him. And then uh, do you like walk in and sit down at the bar or something?
3: Can I tell that?
0: Do I know what happened? Absolutely not. I just felt something, but I had no explanation yep. for it. Nope and you've felt that when bards have been performing before and so like you would probably brush it off as somebody just trying to get extra tips you know what I mean like I don't think that you would assume that it's anything anything that's any big deal at all
3: I'll lean against the bar and I'll pull out one of Fillmore's cigars (laughs) and light it up and I'll just stand there staring at her awkwardly as I do
4: (laughs) the Tom way (laughs) <laughs> as you do uh, okay so I'm going to finish up my song and then I will walk up to you at the bar and um, I will take a shot I assume that there's just like shots laying around now or oh like, yeah
0: 100% <laughs> yes
4: <laughs> I'll take a shot and I'll kind of push it towards Tom and be like you, you definitely earned this out there today you did that was amazing what is that called
3: as I'm talking to her, can I call this a short rest? <laughs> Absolutely not. Aww. <laughs> Alright. It was a revivify spell that I learned back in the uh, seminary. I've never had to use it. Not on someone that I was this close to.
4: Oh, oh man. Are, are you okay?
3: <clears throat> yes, I'm fine. Have you ever seen anything like that monstrosity before?
4: No, nothing like that. I, I mean, I've seen the zombies, but that was... Whew. Do you have any idea what it could have been?
3: I, uh, there are many things in this town I cannot explain. And that, <clears throat> that voice speaking about the bargain is one of them.
4: Do, do you know what the bargain would have been? At all?
3: I shake my head.
4: Hmm. Well, this town sure has changed since the last time I came through. It's only been about a year. And the whole place is going to hell. And at that I will take a shot.
0: You look over and you can see that Polly is bleary eyed at this point and and probably five or six sheets to the wind. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she's been, tr- she's been drinking shots as fast as she's been pouring them. Oh man. But it seems like, it seems like with every shot that she takes, she gets faster at pouring more. And like, after a while, you uh-huh. can hear the miners that are at the end of the bar and they're just complaining like, no, no more. <laughs> Please <laughs> like <laughs> And She's just taunting them and, like, uh, trying to goad them into, you know, trying to go shot for shot against them and or against her. And basically just just admonishing them as much as humanly possible. And you have never seen a human being with a liver like this. Like... This this stout woman, uh, could probably drink any person that you've ever met under the table, including dwarves, and maybe you've met a dwarf or two in your travels, Alibari, but definitely not Tom.
4: Well, that's something else. That woman can sure drink. Mm.
3: Where's my half orc friend gone off to?
4: Uh, he slipped out the back. Uh I I don't know where he went.
3: Well, I may need to take a short siesta I douse my cigar in the nearest ashtray and then I start making my way towards the stairs
4: I suppose I need a, a room for the night as well uh, can I flag down Polly or something
0: it, it's on the it's on the house <laughs> and she just hands you a key and her movements and motions do not match her, her verbal skills like her speech skills <laughs> Do not match the way that she's moving around at this point. Like it almost seems like she's gone on a sort of autopilot. Sure. That, like, you know, and so she yeah, she hands you uh, she hands you a key and uh and goes back to uh making fun of uh the miners Reminder. at the end of the bar. Yep.
4: Um just for kicks, I'm gonna go up to one of the miners and be like, hey, how many shots you had? <laughs>
0: Uh, And he looks at the ground and looks at you and goes, 10? Only 10?
4: If you can do one more with me, I will give you five gold.
0: He kind of looks at you and his head is sort of wobbling and his eyes are darting all over the place. And he goes, all right. (laughs) And, uh... He picks up a shot and he kind of clinks the glass with yours and, uh, oh, okay. And he takes the shot back and he falls backwards (laughs) off the bar stool because, like, (laughs) he keeps leaning with the shot as he's bringing it to his lips and just- Can I try to catch him? Thrashes on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Give me a, give me a dexterity saving throw. Uh,
4: 23
0: so right as the as the bar stool is about to teeter backwards with him you just slam one of your heels onto the bottom part of the bar stool that holds the legs together and grab onto the buttons on his shirt and just (laughs) yank him back up into a seated position and sort of in one fluid motion basically set his head gently onto the bar because You can tell that as soon as you let go of him, he was just dead weight. He was going to go straight backwards or (laughs) forwards or wherever the momentum Uh, was going. And so...
4: uh, You definitely
0: do not owe him five gold.
4: (laughs) 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 Well, that... (laughs) That pole pole. And I'm going to take one of the other shots off the thing and slam it back before I go upstairs
0: to the room. Okay. When you get up there, you notice that... uh, that same as last time that you were here, the rooms are very Spartan. Um, mm-hmm. Yours is on the opposite uh, side of the hallway from the, from the agents. And so the agents' uh, rooms are the back, like they would face out the back um, if you looked out the windows and stuff. Yours face out towards the well if you were to look out the window. Okay. Does that make sense? And there's literally just a bed and a chest at the foot of the bed and like a desk and there isn't even any stationery at the desk.
4: Ugh, they didn't even leave me any paper. The uh, ugh. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess she didn't have any time to get this this room ready. And, and I, I assume, do I still have like my pack and stuff? Oh yeah. With me? Okay. Yeah.
0: So I will go ahead and throw all that in the
4: trunk and whatnot.
0: Igmit, why don't you go ahead and roll me both a stealth and a perception check?
1: Dirty 20 for the perception. 21 uh dirty for the stealth.
0: Well considering that you can't roll a 21 on an A D 20, <laughs> I assume it's dirty. But uh <laughs>
4: <laughs> So He's got a special dice.
2: The, right. <laughs> Let me see that die you're rolling there. These dice go to twenty-one! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, why don't you just make 20 louder <laughs> well, these dice go to 21 <laughs> um, anyway <laughs> Igmit you are uh, you're in your ground blind for probably a solid 45 minutes or so before you start to hear the rustling of bushes nearby and you see a glorious looking pronghorn trots out and starts to nibble at some of the brush and it doesn't seem very aware of you at all and is uh relatively relatively close at this point um i would say let's give you 30 feet on it 30
1: feet okay what kind of what kind of roll would i have to make
0: to lasso that pronghorn Why don't you give me a dexterity attack? It's proficiencies. Seven. So a 14 overall?
1: That doesn't hit it.
0: Yeah, I'll give it to you, but I mean, this thing starts tugging immediately. Give me a strength check. And that shit better be good. 19. Well, sir, that isn't good enough. You ready to go for a ride? (laughs) Let's do it. Alright, so you get the lasso directly around its neck and you go to, like, try and like, you try and put your foot up onto this, uh, onto this crook and immediately your boot slips off of your foot and you've got nothing but your bare sock and you can't get traction for shit. And you go forward and you let go of the rope for just a split second and grab back onto that thing as this pronghorn starts to drag you (laughs) <laughs> through through <laughs> the brush. And so, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> it's a big one. Like, it's a big male. Like, this is one of the biggest pronghorns that you've ever seen. Um, And you take two points of damage before you go ahead and uh, give me another dexterity or another strength saving throw. I'm sorry. A 14. Okay, so you're still hanging on and it's not really pulling you anymore now that you've got like your weight under you and you can kind of dig your feet in and stuff, but you also can't manage to like hand over hand this pronghorn any closer. And so basically, you've just got about 27 feet of rope and, you know, about three of it's... Or you've got 30 feet of rope, three of it's in your hand, and about 26 of it is just spanning between you and this pronghorn because every time that you step closer, it brings the rope taut again. And every time that you try and, like, do a hand-over-hand motion, you realize that it's pulling way too hard for you to, you know, just be holding onto it with one hand. And so you're kind of at a stalemate. Go ahead and give me another uh, strength uh, saving throw. 19. Okay. So now it starts to get a little bit tired and you do start to hand over hand and get closer to it. And then you just grab this thing by the horns and just kind of wrestle it down to the ground and, and just basically pin your torso over over its neck so that you've kind of got the horns in your hands and and you've got the side of your torso, like your ribcage is on its neck and you've kind of got your knee and your elbow sort of creating this trap and it's still kicking and bucking, but you're pretty positive that you can ride it out until it's thoroughly tired. What would you like to do Bigman?
1: Okay. Um, do I have a free hand to grab one of my tomahawks?
0: Why don't you give me a strength-saving throw to try and grab onto one of your tomahawks? 17. So you... It's tired enough at this point where you, when you take one of your uh, massive hands off of its horn, you kind of just pin it down with your elbow as straight as possible, and you grab that tomahawk and brandish it high. Go ahead and make your attack roll. You have advantage.
1: i I, I want to... Crack it in the
0: in the skull. Fifteen. Go ahead and roll damage. All right. A Nineteen. All right. Yeah, you you crack it a good one over the skull, and it stops moving pretty quickly after that. So
1: once I have the pronghorn roped and uh, I have a good hold on it, um, I'm going to grab it by the throat and um, hold it down onto the ground. Uh, I'm going to put my leg over its, over its body so it kind of... Holding it down like that as well. Um, and then I'm going to pull out my tomahawk and um, great desert spirit, I call upon thee in this moment to witness my offering to you. I know according to the teachings of my people that if I am faithful and I show deference to you that you can give me power to fight my enemies and to protect myself and to protect those I am loyal to this offering is for you and I slice the pronghorn's neck open with the blade of the tomahawk, quickly severing its jugular. I ask the great desert spirit to bestow strength upon me that I might go and defeat mine enemies. I know with that your power I am capable of anything you let me accomplish, and anything I work hard enough at. I hold the pronghorn as it slowly bleeds out, holding it firm. Thank you, great desert spirit. Hear my prayer. And then after I'm finished yelling up into the sky, I let the pronghorn fall limp and then I stand up and leave the carcass.
0: You you actually start to feel the wind starts to pick up in all sorts of different directions and you you can sort of feel um, the, the like the blood was sort of st- it was still quite warm but it starts to get not hot enough to burn you but Quite a bit warmer and your muscles start to tense up and you can feel like you can feel this unbridled rage that just starts to build in in just the depth of your being and and you almost feel like like somehow your anger is is more of a blessing than a curse. I stand up
1: and, um, I'm just going to leave the the pronghorn there. I'm going to slowly walk back to town, uh, thinking about how I felt.
2: And Falk? So at, at some point, I'm guessing that, um, that Portnoy would have either left the shop or, or would at least have been like, sort of. Kind of out of Fox General area.
0: Oh no, he one hundred percent does not seem to want to take his eyes off of you.
2: Okay, well, this is going to get kind of weird then. Um, yeah, like uh, as the the hours go on and the exhaustion like gets worse and worse, and especially the the heat from the you know constant. Um, you know, melting of metal and using the crucibles and, you know, banging things out and all that kind of stuff. I'm, like, you know, pouring with sweat. It's, like, mixing with all the sort of dried blood and dirt and everything on me. And, like, you know, just getting basically to a disgusting mess. But also, like, my uh, mumbling is is getting quite worse. And, um, like, sort of under my breath uh, several times, uh, I... um, I'm kind of talking to somebody that's not really talking back, but, um, I keep saying things like, um, I I know you can probably hear me, and, uh, yeah, I I, I know everything that happened, it had to be real, Uh, I'm sure of it, and, um, I meant what I said when I was on the other side, I'm going to do what you need me to do to fix all this, and, uh, uh i i'm gonna i just need you to give me just a little bit more and um and I'll be able to see it through to the end and uh be able to stop all this I'll be the fan card you um you notice that the
0: revolver in your holster Starts to glow a little bit, like you can you can see it glowing at your hip, and you you almost think that
2: you're delirious at first. I kind of turn around real quick to see if um, if Fortnoy notices this or is looking in my general direction at the time.
0: No, he's uh he's just sitting at the desk and he he appears to be reading something or or looking at some something in a ledger. You're not. White shirt, but it, he's definitely not looking directly at you, or, or this light just isn't apparent or bright
2: enough, or you're not really sure, but it seems pretty fucking obvious to you. I uh, take the pistol out and I set it on the, the workbench in front of me, and I sort of you know wipe my brow, you know, real quick, and and I'm like looking at the. The the runes that are written on it that um you know spell out the sort of magical sort of incantations on it and everything like that and I, I'm looking to see what's uh what's changing on it. So
0: the runes are are not changing themselves. Uh, as a matter of fact, the only thing that starts to change is it starts at the handle of this revolver and it slowly goes from the kind of dull uh, gunmetal color that you know um, the majority of your revolver was, and it starts to shine this brilliant platinum color that then works its way over the entirety of this revolver, and all of the runes are 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 glowing with this with this deep set blue, um, and so it's basically just this. This brilliant silver color and and this blue that uh, that creates these runes and it just literally happens in seconds before your eyes and you look over to Patrick to kind of get like verification like am I are you seeing this too and not once does uh, Patrick Portnoy look over your direction or even make a sound as though he notices this light this light show going on.
2: I, I bring my hands up to my face and, and sort of wipe the, the sweat and, and everything out of out of my eyes again and um, just kind of silently take the gun and put it back in the holster and then um, kind of let out a deep sigh and then reach over and start grabbing the, the thing that I was working on and continuing at it.
0: Alright, so Igmit, as you get back into town, make me a perception check when you're, cause you, when you're coming uh, around the corner from the crossing house.
1: It's a seven.
0: Alright. Never mind. Uh, where are you going? <laughs> you going into the crossing <laughs> house?
1: Yes, and I am still soaked in
0: pronghorn blood. Everybody kind of looks at you and... They, uh, and you just hear, EGWORD! <laughs> and they just go right back to what they were doing. It seems like everybody is way too drunk to notice what's going on. Like, Can
1: I knock on Tom's door? Tom! Tom, wake the hell up!
3: I open the door and I say,
1: It wasn't a slip. What the hell happened to you? <laughs> And I just have the biggest grin on my face uh, and I grab him by the shoulders like, things are gonna get a hell of a lot better just you wait I just nod
3: in bewilderment <laughs> and kind of pull away and kind of keep my hand on the door like I'm ready to close it
1: and uh Igmit goes to his room
3: I uh still bewildered I close the door and then I let out a breath and then I uh, I make my way towards my bed and I take my hat off and I lay down and I set my hat on my chest. For the first time, like ever since I set foot in the Wild West, my mind has been on detective work and making jokes and fighting bad guys and the events of the night for the first time started to kind of hit me on an emotional level. And I, instead of thinking about how, how to solve the mystery, I just started reflecting on everything that's happened through the, through the, um, the, the canyon, um, all the events of Fillmore's Crossing, down in the mines where I actually came close to a brush with death, and then this big giant that killed Falk, and for the first time I revived somebody that I was actually close to, and I, Tom knows that Falk probably thinks of him as a colleague. But Tom doesn't have a lot of friends, and when he gave him a hug, aside from their banter and jokes, that was the first time that Tom felt like maybe there was a chance that Falk felt that he was a friend as well, like it was mutual. And it just, all the stuff hits him, and a tear rolled down his face. We finally have a website where all of our content and links are consolidated to one place. And it's at none other than www.lcpdnd.com. From there, you can find our social media pages, our Discord server, our merch shop, and even learn how you can play D&D with us each week. It's all there at lcpdnd.com. If you're enjoying the show and you want to help support us, we'd be super grateful. Tell your friends about us, share the podcast, review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Buy merch at so nerdware.com slash LCP, or pledge any amount of money at patreon.com slash LCP. Any and all of these are super helpful to us. But even if you can't do any of these things, we would still love to have you hang out with us in the Discord server, where we talk about whatever, and we play D D together, and we share terrible memes. As mentioned, you can access our Discord through our new website, lcpdnd.com. Or find the link in the description of this podcast episode. Our twitters are as follows: The show is at DNDLCP. Tim the DM is Ida, Grab Your Gun. Chris, who plays Falk, is Chris Riley, LCP. Wesley, who plays Igmet, is Wide Wide Wes. And I, Brian, the player of Tom. Am at ManlyBrian, or on Instagram as Brian underscore bridges. That's all for now. We'll catch you on the Clippity Clop. Cause it's a cowboy show and horses make that sound anyway see you next time
0: a wiki wiki wild a wiki wild wild west jim west desperado rough rider no you don't want nada none of this six gun in this brother running this buffalo soldier look it's like i told you any damsel that's in distress will be out of that dress when she meets jim west